What's up, motherfuckers? It's your host with the most, being Katie, and you're tuning into Jam Planet Podcast. And with me, I have the host with the least, Westside Jordan. Say what's up. What's up? All right, so today is our season premiere, actually, and we we decided to review um, Nori's self-titled album and debut album, Nori, which came out in 1998. So I'm going to give some history of how the album came together and who the MC is. So Noriega, a.k.a. Victor Santiago, is a rapper from Queens, New York. He got his start back in 95, and he took his name from a Panamanian, I think it's Panamanian dictator named Manuel Noriega. And he met his partner in Ryan Capone while serving time in prison, and they signed the penalty records back in 1996. And they formed the group known as Capone and Noriega. And their first album, which came out, they released their first album, which came out in 1997, and that was called The War Report. And it was a very critically acclaimed album for its like traditional, it's praised for its like traditional boom bap, grimy hip hop 90s sound, which was like dead at the time because everyone's trying to go to that shiny suit era rap. And during that time, Capone got locked up for illegal gun possession. He talked about it in a Vlad interview about they, they charged him for the guns that they found on him. And then so that led Capone, I mean, not Capone, but that led Noriega to finish the album on his own. So that's why throughout the album, there's some parts where it's just Noriega, Noriega mostly and not Capone, because towards the end, it's just, he's not on the album at all. So luckily, Tragedy Qaddafi was able to help him out, who was going by the name Intelligent, who was formerly known as Intelligent Hoodlum. And he helped him out in the album. He's part of the Juice crew. So he just kind of, that's, he helped, he played like a, a main, a main part in forming the War Report album, which led to its success. So I'm glad he, he's kind of like the third unofficial member to Capone and Noriega. He kind of reminds me of like, like Big Noid, who's like kind of an unofficial member of um, Mob Deep, because he did collab with them a lot in a lot of the songs. So yeah, that being said, Still, so yeah, he released Nori released his album in 1998, and it's titled Nori, and he actually shortened his name to Nori, which stands for Niggas on the Run Eating. I'm not making that up. That was actually the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this leads us to our producers on the album. So we got Dame Grease, Doro, Easy, LP, Kurt Godi, Les, Marley Mar, Nassim. My Rick, Jay Wax, Garfield, Pokey, SPK, Swiss Beats, Neptunes, and Tome, and then DJ Clue. And then the guest appearances on the album are Nature, Cameron, Styles P, Jadakiss, Big Pun, Carl Thomas, Maze, Mussolini, Kid Capri, Cool G Rap, Chico DeBarge, Buster Ron, Spliff Star, and Nas. And we get to our singles, so there's only three singles on the album. We got Banned from TV, Nori, and then Super Thug. And so let's dive right into tracks. So we get to track number one, which is the jump off intro of Nori. And this is talking about the, it's just him talking about the album coming out and dedicating to certain people over a piano beat. I really did not care for it. You guys, you guys already know how I feel about interludes and intros and songs. 
Cubs. I don't really care for it. So what are your thoughts on it, Westside? Uh, I would say that I like how, you know, he's talking about how he's uh, taking it back to the streets in a way. But I would definitely have to agree with you that uh, I'm not a big fan of interludes and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that they could, that's kind of space that could be filled elsewhere. So uh, that, so I mean, it's just interludes. So I, mean, I think we've given a, I've given the majority of my thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that leads us to track number two, which is actually the first song on here. And this is Banned from TV featuring Nature, Big Pun, Cameron, Jadakiss, and Styles P. This is produced by Swizz Beats, who, who's known for producing stuff for DMX at the time. And it's just them rapping over the famous Sparch, Zara, Zara Drasta by Richard Strauss. I hope I'm saying that right. And basically, it's a famous beat. You heard it in like space movies, basically like that space Final Frontier type beat. And originally, some like background, I mean, not background, but um, like how, I forget what I was going to say, but basically, the song was meant for nature in Noriega. And that was because uh, Nature is Act, no, Noriega was on the the album, the firm album on the song I'm Leaving. So he decided to pay the favor back, letting Nature on this song. And then Nature, Noriega was actually hanging out with Big Pun at the time. And Noriega went to do something. I, I think he was like taking a shit or like getting some weed or alcohol. And then Big Pun laid his vocals on it. And then I don't know how the rest of the rappers came on here. And yeah, I just love the hell out of this beat in the song in general, man. It's just a dope ass pasta. That's a dope way to start off the album. Very strong. And it's a very underrated posse cut. You'd you'd expect Big Pun to have the best first, but you're wrong, man. Nature Nature stole the show on it from his flow, his delivery, and how smooth he was, man. And there's like a lot of favorite lyrics of mine. So we're gonna start off with a couple. Regardless of rain or snow, sleet. Or hail, I kick street tails, choking niggas out, like on Spreewell. That was from nature. And I get pussy with my father's features, puff heavily. See me at 6'1, weigh a buck 70, catch me in spots you, y'all niggas never be. That's from nature. And then from Big Pun, yo, yo, champagne on the rock, sporting a Fort Knox, Lazarus, shark salad with carrots, porks, chops, and applesauce. That's from Big Pun. And then from Nori, y'all niggas like extra skin on my dick. Listen to Bob Marley. Y'all funny niggas like Steve Harvey. So those are just standout lyrics to me. So what are your thoughts on it? So this is where I guess my fun fact of the day comes in. So as you said, Swiss Beats produced this song. Yeah. Uh, this is only Swiss Beats' second song that he's like a major song that he had produced. Oh, really? Um, Yep, the first being uh, Rough Riders album by DMX. Oh, so Rough, Rock, my, Rough Riders anthem. Yeah, that was his first song, and then this was his second one. Oh uh, shit! I thought I thought he was already established. I didn't know. But I, I just a disclaimer: I did get this from Wikipedia, so you know you can, you know, question that. People can question that yeah. in the comments if they want. Um, and then I guess onto my thoughts for this song uh for the for me my favorite part about this song is the beat 
uh, has a very dramatic sound. It sounds like a major event Cinematic. is going down. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, you know, it was very braggadocious about you know women and money, and then the song towards the end gets progressively more the the subject matter gets progressively more violent. Um, I really like the horn sounds in this song, uh, but overall the verses for me, uh, they're not they're not my favorite. Uh, Damn, me personally. <laughs> yeah, I think they bodied it, man. Especially uh, nature and nature and big pun, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say that those two did a really good job, but some of the other verses they were hit or miss for me. But yeah, I would agree yeah. with you. But yeah, that, that's my thoughts on band from TV. All right. So we get to track number three, which is I Love My Life featuring Carl Thomas. He's an R&B singer. I don't really know much about him, but I hear him. He did like a couple songs with people. And this is produced by Easy LP. I don't know, I don't know who the hell that is, honestly. And this is just Nori reminiscing about on how far he came from selling drugs to rapping. And I thought this was a dope song. It was just, it's like a very emotional. He's actually vulnerable on this song. He's just talking about his life. And I just I just thought it was a dope song. Laid back beat and all that. So what are your thoughts on it? So my thoughts on this is that uh, I really like the chorus in this song. I think Carl Thomas does a really good job on the chorus. Um, and like the subject matter that you brought up, uh, I do think that the subject matter is also very strong in this song. But I would say that Nori, Nori's um, like cadence and like kind of like his flow that he uses throughout the song is not my favorite and I felt like it didn't match the beat very well yeah um, overall but I will say but I will say Carl Thomas definitely killed the song for me uh, yeah that's my thoughts on this one okay so that gets us to track number four Nori which stands for niggas on the run eating and this is produced by the track masters who did songs for many artists like Nas and all that they were like really heavy on uh, Nas's second album, which was it was written, which came out two years prior in 1996. So yeah, so this is just a braggadocio song. I think this is a dope ass song. I just love the beat. And some lyrics I wrote down is "Friends know me by my first name, Victor Santiago, half half black, half Fajardo, Dominicano. People like Pope." Hugh, Hugh Hondo, I don't know, these are just Spanish words. <laughs> Me and Tone with the TM and the BM, open doors for ladies, never blaze when we see babies. And I, I just thought those were dope lyrics from the song. So those are my overall thoughts on the song. How about you? For me, for this song, um, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's almost kind of like a, like, this might sound weird, but it kind of reminds me of boxing because I feel like some of his lines are hit or miss for me. Uh, his yeah. flow, like sometimes, like sometimes his flow can kind of falter a little bit in some ways. Like just certain lines just don't get the punch that some of the others do. Um, and some of the lines for me sound a little sounded to me a little forced. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost like it was some lines who's trying to jam pack a rhyme into it that maybe just wasn't fitting. Um, so yeah, overall, this song's a hit or miss for me. Okay. Damn, so you're not really digging this album, huh? <laughs> it was just the beginning so far, but it, 
You'll see. Okay. So we get to track number five, which is an interlude, and it's called Head Interlude. Oh my gosh, dude. What the <laughs> fuck, bro? Jesus Christ, man. This is just as bad as the um, Doctor's Office skit and the Possible Porno skit. So it's just oh, basically man. talking about Nori getting head from a girl and telling him, him telling the girl what he wants to do. And it's just cringeworthy as fuck. I don't know what they were thinking, man. This is just god awful, bro. Jesus Christ. Uh, and I had this on full volume, bro, because I like to listen to my my albums on like. I like to listen to my music on full volume. This is fucking bleeding my eardrums, man. Jesus Christ, bro. <sighs> wait, uh, did uh, wait? Did you listen to it in your headphones though? Yeah, I have my I have my Galaxy Bud Bud Plus on, dude. Okay. Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> Luckily, I have my headphones in, man. Jesus, bro. <laughs> so bad, man. God damn it, man. Oh. So what are man. your thoughts on this shit, man? Uh. When I heard this, I I was concerned. Um, it was just it was very weird to hear the you know the the sounds of what was going on. It kind of reminded me of that Biggie song, where Biggie's. Oh, I know what you're thinking. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's called "Fuck Me," right? That skit. I, I I don't know what the name of that skit was, but all I know is yeah. is that you know it has the same subject matter and. Yeah, this is just weird. Um, I, I'm not sure why they put this on here. Once again, an interlude that I would definitely could have lived without. Yeah. That actually yeah, ties that, into the, the song to come after that, too. And I just want to say, this is the type of shit Stevie Wonder listens to, because he can't, he, can't act, he, does, he can't see, so that was a shitty joke, but you guys get what I mean. <laughs> So that actually gets us to Head, the song featuring Nature. And this is a Trackmaster's produced track, and it's just talking about getting Head. It's a skippable song for me. Just very bland and boring. It's not a shitty song, it's just boring, you know what I mean? There's a difference. Yeah, those are my thoughts on that shit. So uh, I guess I have a different opinion than you. Um, yeah. For me, I guess like I guess I could see like the subject matter why that's not one of your favorite subject matter stuff. The album, um, it's not one of the stronger subject matter. And when it comes to other songs, I think other songs have stronger stronger subject matter. But I feel like this beat out of the rest out of the first uh, four songs that were on here fits Nori the best. Um, yeah, uh, and I disagree the though. But... For me, I feel like the beat fits Nori the best. Um, and one line that like they were talking kind of talking about how like they were talking about how like you know people that they grew up with and how, like when they grew up they kind of got a little a little crazy you know like you know women that they knew from the from the block that they thought were going to be innocent grew up to be like you know you know prostitutes or something like that yeah and that was something that like someone I could re- something that I could somewhat relate to because I definitely grew up with some people that. You know, I didn't think we we're gonna grow up to be, you know, all like that. But you know, yeah, people grow up and they change and all that stuff. So you like the song overall? Overall, yeah, I do like the song, and uh, yeah, so overall, like okay. the, I, I like the sound of the song. So okay, that, that's my thought. 
Like I said, it's not a shitty song. It's just an okay song. I just think it could have done. It could have been done better, you know. Yeah. But to each own, I guess. So that leads us to track number seven, which is "It's Not a Game" featuring Maze and Mussolini. And this is produced by SPK, another unknown producer. Sure, he probably did some dope work. I just don't know who he is. But I just think this is a dope-ass song. I just love the grimy piano. It sounds like something that could have put, been put on the War Report. And some some lyrics of mine that I wrote down was from uh, Mussolini. I pledge allegiance to money, weed, jewels, hoes, big guns, while you dealing in crumbs and stacking funds, squeezing the ones. So jealous sons have um, speaking in tongues, headed for these slums, screaming at the top of their lungs. Lice a bit, so rub rub up or fuck it. So that was from Mussolini. I thought Mussolini did a really dope job for his verse. So those are my thoughts on it. Uh, I like this. I like the song. I think I like the subject matter of this song. I feel like the subject matter was stronger than the last song. Yeah. Um, albeit maybe I don't find the sound of this song better. I do think the subject matter is better. Um, I like. Uh, the classic New York sound to it um, and like the beats kind of eerie which yeah. I think is pretty cool and just kind of add and so I thought and I thought that the eerie beat really fit Nori the best because I think Nori definitely has a unique flow yeah um, and I think that this beat like really I think that this beat fit him really well and like what he was trying to uh, accomplish in this song um, and I do like the subject matter is kind of like how about about the about like the game they're talking about about like life in the hood and you know him writing and all that stuff. So yeah, that that's my thoughts on it. it's not it's not a game. So what I noticed about you is that you you seem to think that Nori fits more on these like somber like slow moving beats, right? Yeah, I would say that. Like, okay, I would say like kind of like grimier beats. I would like to see him on grimy beats. Yeah, not like yeah, cinematic like, beats though. Yeah, not as much. I would say he sounds a lot better on like grimy beats and stuff like that. Yeah, then you would love the War Report because it's mostly just grimy beats, man. There's only like one commercial song and that's at the end though. The rest is just straight up grimy. That type of kind of kind of energy to the beats though. That type type of sound. That's like how somber it is, man. It's very depressing. That like that's the music you play like like when the sun's going down in New York, you know, it just kind of has that yeah. that vibe to it. So yeah, I think this is a very strong song on here. It didn't make my top five, but it's a really dope song. And then we get to track number eight, which is Fiesta featuring Kid Capri. And this is produced by the Trackmasters. Kid Capri doesn't have a verse, but he's just kind of shouting, like getting everyone pumped up. This is like a party song. It's just talking about like, partying and like fucking bitches and i actually like this song a lot of people probably won't like it but it, it does have like a commercial aspect to it i think it's kind of i wouldn't say a choir taste but you either love the song or you hate it but i i enjoy the song my favorite lyrics are i found a real fool like she demoted one thing she could do though is deep throated i just thought that was a dope line for nori so those are that's what i how how i feel about the song uh, for me, I felt like the beat was a little too crowded. Uh, a lot of, yeah. Too much sound was going on in the background. Um, and I feel like this beat did not fit Nori too well. I felt like he was kind of back to those weird hit or miss lines. 
Um, the part I liked about this song though was, I you know, like that female vocal in the background. I felt yeah. like that was pretty strong. I felt like that was a pretty strong element to the song that I kind of liked. Um, but overall, the song's like kind of hit or miss with me. Okay. Yeah, a, that's my thoughts on that one. I don't even know who the female vocalist is. Yeah, I was like, um, yeah, I, I didn't know. Yeah, but she did a good job on it, though. So. Yeah, I would agree. So, yeah, that brings us to track number nine, which is 40 Island, featuring Cool G Rap and Mussolini. And this is produced by Marley Marr. And this is basically a remake and remix of the classic song Rikers Island, which came on, which was by Cool G Rap and DJ Polo, which came on the Wanted Dead or Alive album, which came out in 1999. I mean, not 1990. And it's just telling me what happens inside of Rikers Island. It's a dope ass song. And I love the hell out of this. And Cool G Rap bodies, bodies the whole song. He just had, he has the best verse too. And some uh, lyrics that I wrote down was by Nori actually. Now you get tested, Jake tell, Jake tell you when you get arrested, when you get there, don't get molested. You call the CO, that won't be necessary. They watch you, they watch you beat down, beat you down and take a commissary. That's for Nori. And then Cool G Rap, C4, out of lessons, now walk, put your hand hand to the floor. Yeah, Nick, yeah, here in nigga getting tall, holy blaze galore, tricks, tricks or your fucking draw, jaw to, to your draw. So yo, when I close watching you pour, how you got, how you claws or how do I laws from taking your, yours comp, Contemplated or taking you down from at the door, the niggas when cause cause leave you with scars. I open source soon as your your poor get swore stuck in your velour, sharpening up one sun and becoming quick draw McGraw. Put up your paws, boars go. Why I saw you cause I messed up the verse, but he's Kooji rap sounds better when he's. You just have to listen to this song though. So those are my thoughts on the song. I, this did make my top five. And I think this is really a high point on the, the album. I'm definitely going to agree with you that I really like this out. I really like this song. Uh, I really like the grimy sound, like I said. I think Nori sounds a lot better on grimy sounds. Yeah. And uh, nothing gets more grimy in New York than Rikers Island. Um, and one thing I did find interesting is how, so New York has like the five boroughs, which is um you know queens manhattan brooklyn queens the bronx and staten island uh yeah. and, I, and i like how it called Rikers island like i find it interesting how it called Rikers island the sixth borough almost as if to like kind of like as a way to shout out like you know the high crime rate in new york at the time yeah, yeah that, that's my thoughts on this song yeah sorry i messed up the voice like the verse i'm not a i'm not a rapper so <laughs> no it's all good yeah. So we get to track number 10, which is The Way We Live, featuring Chico DeBarge, produced by LES. It just talks about how his people live. I, I don't care for the beat. To me, it just sounds very commercial and poppy, so it's a skippable track. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Um, for me, I, I like this song. 
Um, I felt like this was one of the like non Grammy beats that I actually felt like uh, fit uh, Nori well. Um, uh, I think Chico DeBarge does a good way, a good job on the song. Um, I kind of like the subject matter. I think the subject matter is actually pretty strong. How they're kind of like talking about love and how like and it's a, and how like they're kind of like trying to change their life to become better people. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, so yeah, I feel like oh, overall for me, this song definitely gets a thumbs up. For me, I like this song. All right. So that get, brings us to track number eleven out of nineteen, and this is Animal Thug interludes, another skit. It's just them fucking around with Animal Thug, who sounds like Indian or some type of shit. And I thought this is a funny skit, but you know how I feel about skits, so yeah. So uh, so the end is. This character called Animal Thug is some is a Iraqi guy. Uh, definitely, kind of points out some Iraqi stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not exactly a song that would be made today. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I would definitely skip this one. It was just kind of it was a little, it was weird. Yeah, I think it returns in one of the other albums. I'm not sure though. He, I'm pretty sure he does make another appearance. Yeah, so that brings us to track number 12, which is The Change. And this is produced by Kurt Gowdy, I think it is. And I don't know the producer. This song is actually famous for having 50 Cent rap over this in 1998. Cypher, I'm, I'm going to put a link down in the description of like all the goodies and stuff. And I just fucking love this beat, dude. This beat is just very bananas and it's grime, dude. That down 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 type shit and my favorite lyrics are my life is like a movie ayo the bad guy lose good guy win weak nigga pretend not his soul love you they just love the dough total recall the hood so those are my favorite lyrics from uh the change and that that was just an ori by himself uh i thought the song was pretty good i like the beat and the chorus um, yeah, I like also like the internet line that he has in the chorus. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, that one that might relate to a hot take I have later on in the show. Um, okay. And I like how like he's kind of talking about like the big changes that have happened in his life after becoming famous, and you know how you know just like the way he has to handle certain things in his life in a different way due to. Uh, increased fame and stuff like that which i think was pretty interesting to see uh like, like kind of like how he i think he's trying to like create like a stark contrast between like the hood and like yeah. him now making money and all that stuff i thought that was pretty interesting i liked that uh, i liked how he was able to kind of put those two elements together to create like this co- song called the change and then almost as if to show like him uh like evolving as a person almost kind of like continue with the same similar kind of theme as like the way they, the way we live in a way yeah. um so yeah that's my thoughts on the change yeah henceforth the title of the change <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that brings us to number song number 13 which is super thug produced by the neptunes neptunes is famous for having chad heat i mean not chad heat no one really cares about him but for having pharrell williams and this is probably one of Nori's like famous commercial songs breakthrough, I guess you could say. 
and also the Neptunes too. I just love that killer guitar. I think it was a guitar beat. I don't know, but yeah, they just lay down a, a dope ass beat, and it features uncredited vocals from Tammy Lucas. I'm not sure if she did the vocals for the song Fiesta or not. I'm not sure, but yeah, she was also in the song A Tropical Quest once again, which came out two years prior, 1996. And I just love the hell out of the song. Like lyrically, Nori's Nori's like sharp on the song. He has he has like so much good lines on here, and it's just him celebrating his new lifestyle. So some. Lyrics that I thought were interesting were, we light a candle, run laps around the English Channel. Neptune's, I got a Cocker Spaniel. Yo, we down in Vegas. Money, sky's too courageous. I know I'm on the run, but still rip stages. They call me Animal Thug when I'm in the cages. I used to boost razors, roll dice with no aces. Now I live secluded in Oasis. Gotta take spaces, no time for car races. Check my sky tell. I got five pages. So I just thought those were dope-ass lines from there. And he was, like, super lyrically sharp on here. This is probably one of his better lyrical performances on here. Uh, so, what, are you done? Yeah. So, like, the interesting thing is, like, the subject matter is, like, he calls himself super thug, and what's funny is that it almost makes it seem like, to me, it almost sounds like it would have been better if he called it, like, international thug, because he's talking about, like, all the different places he goes to and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, overall for me, I'm not really a fan of the beat or like his or like his weird delivery, which I which kind of comes out again in the, on this beat. Um, I feel like uh, you know this beat did not fit him very well, in my opinion. Uh, and the chorus to me just didn't seem the strongest. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's. That's pretty much my thoughts on this song. All right, we get to track number 14, which is the story featuring Maze. This is produced by LES. It's just Nori telling a story about how his man got shot and they're just getting back to the rival crew. And I just love that grimy kind of Chinese type beat. And this shows like Nori ha like has storytelling abilities. And there's like many other storytelling songs on here towards the end. And my favorite lyrics are pissed in his toilet, on his walls, in his halls, cut Ricky from his neck to his balls. Since then, Roberto had beef with melanin men. Every nigga he hate was darker than him. Older niggas than him. Stay barking on him. Telling him he weak, he ain't touch my skin. So those are my thoughts on the song. I just think it's a dope-ass song. Uh yeah, the story in this is very crazy. Um, yeah, oddly not the craziest story that you're gonna hear on this album. Um, <laughs> and uh, once again, they continue. One thing I do like is that they they continue finding good beats for Nori. Um, uh, as you probably can tell from what I've been saying in this podcast, Nori definitely has a specific kind of sound to him that I think needs to be accompanied with a certain kind of beat. And this song definitely. Uh, accomplishes that in creating a good uh, you know, beat for Nori. Another thing that I would also say is that for a story, sometimes story songs can sound a little weird with a feature on it, but I feel like this song did a really good job at including a feature on a story song, um, which I think some sometimes it can be a little weird because like one person can be telling the story and then like 
And then, like, the other rapper comes on, and then, like, it's a whole nother story, or it's, like, it's a whole nother just, like, it's almost like they're talking about the same story, but almost, like, different subject matter at the same time. It's kind of weird. But I feel like this song definitely accomplishes uh, having a good story and also having a feature on it, which uh, I say uh, would add points to the song. So we can all agree this is a good song on here. Yes, I would agree. All right, so we get to track number 15, which is Mathematics, Esteloca, and this is produced by DJ Clue and Doro. And Nori's just talking about who he is and him being biracial. And I think this is dope-ass beat. It has like a Latin flavor with a little griminess to it. And the one the one problem I have with the song is that the chorus kind of gets annoying afterward. I'm pretty sure you can agree on that, man. It's just kind of, esta loca, dang you know what I mean? It just kind of gets yeah. irritating after all. <laughs> And some of my favorite lyrics are, hey, yo, my family half black, half god body, half blood, and half lepta. So nigga wepa. Special guest appearance, my name hardly gets clearance. Only family will have no interference. Playing volleyball instead of playing with a pistol. So I just thought those were standout lines. So yeah, those are my thoughts on this song. The only problem is the... um is the the chorus. I know people might not like this song. I definitely think it's one of the weaker songs on here. But yeah, same with uh, Fiesta too, but I still enjoy the songs. So yeah, what are your thoughts on here, Wes? Uh, one thing I like about the song is that it has a little bit of like personal life background to it. Uh, I always like it when rappers kind of go into that. Uh, when oh, they kind of go back into like personal life and uh, go back to their and talk about the background a little bit and how he kind of talked about you know, his family and stuff like that, like you said. Um, and then he talks about being, uh, you know, mixed race, uh, which I think is uh, very interesting because not a lot of rappers, you know, talk about being mixed race, uh, except for Logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that that's... So yeah, overall I do like the song. I think the song is also very strong. Yeah, I don't know why and, it's called uh, mathematics, so. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, and I would probably say that this song probably has the strongest subject matter out of all of the songs in the album. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on. Yeah, because he gets like personal about who he is and stuff. Yeah. Just showing us into his world, you know, his family and all that, where he's from. So yeah, that's going to transition us to track number 16, which is uh, Simon featuring Busta Rhymes, Maze, and Spliffstar. This is produced by Jake Garfield, Nassim Merrick. I think this is dope-ass song. I mean, the, I guess the one complaint is that the, the chorus kind of sounds like super crowded because a lot of people are like shouting and yelling at the same time. It's like a minor gripe, though. And my favorite lyrics are actually from Busta Rhymes. No surprise there. Yo, yeah, yo, closed caption, son, don't even know what's happening. Before the second thought may make you feel the wrath of my clapping, boom, fire flashing, two holes up in your head matching, dope fiend in the corner, itch from eight scars scratching. We make the nutter butter, thick creamy shit from the gutter, paranoid these niggas flip and make, they heart, heartbreak, heartbeat flutter, 
use a sucker, lace you up with my box cutter, your mother, love your other son like you ain't even his brother. So I just thought those are dope-ass lyrics from uh, Buster Rhymes. So those are my thoughts on it. Uh, I like I like the other song. I like the beat, and uh, I think Buster Rhymes was. I will agree with you that I feel like Buster Rhymes definitely killed the song really well. Um, uh, and you know me, I'm not, I've never been the biggest Buster Rhymes fan, so I thought Buster Rhymes definitely did a good job on this song. Um, I was kind of surprised at uh, how well he did, personally. Um, just because uh, you know you know me, I've just not been a fan of his, but I think that he definitely does a really good. He does a good job on this song. Yeah, Buster. I, I want to kind of, yeah, Buster Rhymes and Big Pun were really big at this time because Buster Rhymes, I, the same year dropped Extinction Level, Event World Front, and he was just, people love. He was very good for commercially. You know, he 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 was like on everyone's album at this time. Like he had him on Missy Elliott's album, even though he didn't. He was just kind of the hype man for like the intro and outro. And he was on just other people's albums. He was also on the War Report too. And he was just he was just everywhere at the time. Same with Big Pun too, because he was dropping Capital Punishment the same year in 1998. And also Nori was also big too. So I just wanted to bring that out there. So Buster Rhymes was gonna be on like everyone's album, whether you liked him or not. Because <laughs> he's kind of that star power. He had that, he brought that like energy to to the songs and stuff. So yeah, that trout. We're almost done with the album. That transitions us to song number 17, which is Body in the Trunk featuring Nas. And this is produced by Dame Grease, who is also a producer for, who did some work for DMX as well. And this is just a storytelling song. It's actually a pretty crazy story about Noriega killing someone out of retaliation because he didn't like the way they were looking at him or like asking for something, I forget. And him trying not to draw attention from the cops and them trying to dump the body. And I just like the chemistry and Nas and Nori have while like trading bars back and forth. It's just kind of like that conversational flow. So it seems like it's very, it's very real because they're just, just two people talking, rapping, but they're talking at the same time. And my favorite lyrics are also from Nas. That's no surprise there. Chill, son, you, you're weeded again. Slow down, God, you're speeding. Again, face looking like you fiending. For him, who, who that with you? Hide the gat, nigga, come in. You got a pistol. It must mean you slinging again. For some reason, yo, I couldn't sleep, slept with my heat. Yo, you think you on some movie type shit, son? I think you're losing it. That was from Nas. So for me, I really liked the song. I thought the song was super good. Uh, I like both Nori and Nas's verses. Um, Great storytelling by both of them. Once again, another good storytelling song with a feature. Um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I kind of like re retract from my statement saying that, um, that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, a feature on a story song could be pretty, cannot be very good. But I would also say that sometimes it can not go very well, or it could be like these two storytelling songs on this one, or it just increases how good the storytelling is. And I would say this is definitely one of those songs where Nas and Nori's uh, storytelling abilities definitely show out. Um, and I think that they do a really good job of telling the story in 
completion and how, <laughs> you know, just, you know, what, what's going on in this crazy story, you know, um, you know, talking about, you know, obviously a body's in the trunk. So, you know, just, and it's kind of funny how like both of them, both of them don't sound like they're freaking out about, you know, a body in the trunk, which is uh, very <laughs> interesting if you think about it. I mean, majority of people would be freaking out if there was something like that in their trunk. Um, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, this song was definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, the song was super good. Yeah, you can agree that Nas had the best verse on it, right? Yeah, when I heard yeah. when I heard Nas come on, I was like, I was like, dang, this is this is very good. <laughs> and also like, cause like I I hadn't looked on who had, was the features at first before um, I started listening. And when yeah. I heard Nas's voice, I was like, is that Nas on here? And like, when I heard Nas on there, I was like, and like, just kind of like thinking about it. And when you were reading the list of people who had, who was on the album, I was like, man, this album was kind of stacked with a lot of famous people on here. You know, especially famous New York guys. Yeah. You can, you can tell it's Nas because he has that kind of raspy, that raspy voice. You know what I mean? You can tell it's him. Yeah. Yeah, and Noriega also stands out too because his voice and his cadence and his delivery. Yeah, I, I would agree. Nori definitely has a unique presence on on a track. I always knew when he was on, there was never a question when he was on a track. Yeah. Yeah. So the album starts getting, I want to say down, but you, you'll see what I'm talking about. So we get to track number. Th- 18, which is One Love. No, this is not a Nas song. <laughs> this is just Nori talking to Capone over a phone. They're just talking, just talking about like, like keeping their head up and stuff. And like, we're gonna, once you get out, we're gonna dominate this rap game. It's way too long. It's just boring, just skippable, man. I really, I don't, I don't know why you do this shit towards the end, man. Just cut all that shit out, man. That's just my thoughts on it. So my thoughts on this is that it's very long. It's like over five minutes. Yeah. Um, and like not only is it like five minutes, it's the whole entire five minutes is taken up by a conversation. And I wouldn't say that the conversation is the most interesting conversation either. Yeah. Um, I think a better way to do it would have been to uh, like kind of like split. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna play that. Then talking, then the two skits I heard on here, um, you know, just kind of like spread it out a little bit. Um, and another problem I had was like it was a five minute conversation. There's definitely in like in a five minute conversation, there's going to be lulls in the conversation, and you can hear the lulls in this conversation while they're talking, yeah. which I definitely feel like they could have edited out if they were going to do this, uh, you know, or you know have a no offense, but have a little bit more of a lively sort of conversation instead of just kind of just kind of talking. So yeah, oh yeah, I would agree that this song is not. That, right? I guess it's not a song. It's a five minute, you know, I don't know what would you call it, like a five minute conversation. So yep. yeah, that's so yeah. Overall, not my favorite. And we get another skit. <laughs> this time it's called an outro. And this is not track number 19. Like I said, it's called Outro. It's just him talking about the end of the album and to t- 
talking, telling the listeners to stay tuned. Once again, I don't care. I don't know why you end on two freaking, like, like out, you know what I mean? Like skits, man. I don't know why you do yeah. that. Yeah. Like for me, the, the album stops at freaking Body in the Trunk, man. You don't have to listen after that. Yeah, Even that's okay. a strong ending too, song-wise, so. Yeah, that'd be a very strong ending. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Um, when I heard when I first heard that Body in the Trunk, not Body in the Trunk, One Love was kind of like a really long skit. I had figured that the last track would also be kind of skit like because I saw there was only one minute and I was like, in my head, like you said, I was like, two skits in a row. That's not. That's not my. That, that, that was not the best composition of the album yeah. i would say somebody somebody messed up and that someone should have said hey we shouldn't have you know two uh you know skit like back and tracks back. on here yeah back yeah like that like in a row you know someone should have spoken up and said hey maybe we should do something different um so yeah that 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 kind of bothered me for the end of the track, for the end of the album, definitely, and to end with two, like interludes or whatever you would call the one love. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, here, here's the thing about I'm kind of gonna go sidetrack, but kind of, kind of relate to the conversation is that I don't know why rappers include intros, skits, interludes and outros on the album. They know damn well no one's going to listen to that shit. They're, they're here to listen to the music. I don't know why they feel the need to do it. They might think it's funny, but to me, I just want to listen to music. You know what I mean? It's just like a yeah, pain in the ass you. dealing with, oh, I just want to listen to music, but I have to skip through this shit. You know what I mean? Kind of ruins the enjoyment for the album. Especially when people have skits back and back, because that happens a lot on uh, Method Man's uh, two to count 2000 album, The Judgment Day, because they have skits back and back, and there is, it's plagued with skits. There's like, the album's 27, I think 27 songs long, but 14 of them are like skits or some shit like that. That's just very bad, man. Yeah, that's just my little rant about skits and interludes, man. I just think it's unnecessary. This drags the album way too long, man. I just want you to, Get straight to the point and just move on to the next one, you know? Yeah. So you have any, yeah. um, yeah. I guess to, to go on what you're saying, it, I would also say it seems to me like rappers nowadays, they use, they don't do skits nearly as much as they used to. Yeah. Um, probably just because the people realize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was that's pretty much what I was gonna say. Yeah, and also the album's a lot shorter too, which I I kind of have to give the new school artists like credit for, because they kind of know when the clock out. They might not. Yeah. Is, the, their albums might their songs might not be good. Their albums might not be good, but they know the stuff about time management. Man. It's just straight to the point. Two minute, three minute songs, you know. Yeah, that's what I'll congratulate them for or applaud them for. So yeah, that wraps up the the track listing for Nori. It's coming it comes out at 19 songs. 
and five of them are skits. So the album's actually not long if you cut out the skits and stuff. It would just be 14 tracks. So my closing thoughts on it is Nori is a, I think it's a great album from beginning to end where it cuts off at um, Body to the Trunk. You can forget about the rest, man, because it's not nothing interesting. And towards the end, it does get a little rough, just skit-wise, because there's two skits back and back. One's five minutes long, and then the other's a minute long. So that comes in at six minutes worth of skits. And Nori does prove that he can stand on his own without um, the help of Capone. And obviously, The War Report is miles a better album than Nori. And the main problem that I have with Nori is the amount of skits on this song. There's five skits, like I said. And skits don't affect the... The, the score of the album, but it does annoy the hell out of me, you know. And there's some annoying cringeworthy ones like Head. The Head skit is like cringeworthy as fuck, dude. That's like the worst skit ever, man. One of the worst, I should say. And also another problem that I have is there's some skippable like filler. They try to go commercial with it, and it can be a turn off and not everyone's cup of tea. Luckily, the album's not plugged with that plugged that I said plugged I mean it's not played with that much like um commercial tracks it has street tracks but it's like a mix of that kind of sound though and it still sounds dope and but the here's the thing the duds aren't even that bad of a song it's just very just bland in my opinion and at the at the end they're just kind of just filler skippable songs like I said and I'm addressing an elephant in the room like um, Westside said, I know Nori's not the, not the lyrical miracle, like, rapper, you know, he's no Nas, Jay-Z, he just kind of, he just kind of, he has, like, that choppy, unorthodox flow, and I, I listen to Nori for his, like, I get, not his lyrics, but just his vibes that he brings, that, that sort of different energy and vibe, that, that different kind of flow, a different kind of rapping style, and just his, like, his choice for beats and like music in general. And a lot of people are not gonna be a fan of him because they do, it probably gets annoying for some people. And that, that could be a weakness for the album, but it doesn't really bother me. Cause I know it's not gonna be, not everyone's gonna be a Nas and Jay-Z. You know, it's kind of really hard to put yourself on that level. And then the guest appearances are a very strong highlight on the album. Cause you have people like Cool G Rap, Big Pun, The Locks, um, Bust the Rhymes. You got like the hottest acts at the time. And the subject matter is straight to the point. It's just braggadocio rhymes, storytelling, racks riches. And the album for me comes out at eight what's out of 10. So yeah, what are your thoughts on here? So uh, for me, I, I'm not a fan of Nori's delivery. For me personally, uh, I would say that it's an acquired taste, kind of like what you were alluding yeah. to. Um, I would say though the strong part for me on this album is are the beats. I think the beats are pretty strong, um, and uh, I think that the street songs are better than some of the other songs on this album. Um, and I would, I'm gonna give this song a seven out of ten. Okay, I thought you were gonna give it like a six or a five, the way you're talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, in order to get like a six or a five, you'd have to like. Be terrible. Yeah, like, uh, it would have to be pretty bad. And I would not say this. This. This was not 
bad. Uh, but, you know, I would just say that Nori, he's an acquired taste. I'm not. I'm not going to say this is the best album to come out in '98 because there were really some good albums: Equimini, Moment of Truth. And there were a couple. I, I'm just really blanking on the top of the head. But yeah, this is probably ranking either either 10 or top 15 of 1998. And for me, he's like, like I said, he's one of those rappers. He's like one of those. He's kind of. He kind of reminds me of Too Short in a way where. You know, Too Short's not the best rapper, but you listen to him for his vibes, you know. There's certain artists, you you know they're not good rappers, but you listen to them for their vibes and kind of like, out, like lyrics they'll, they'll kind of put out like kind of like clever lines and stuff. That makes sense. Because there's a lot of rappers like that where you just listen to them strictly just for the vibes. You don't really focus on their lyricism or really pay attention to that. And I just think Noise kind of in that same lane. He... He does have some lyrical strong points, though, in certain songs. But yeah, that, I'm going to give you my top five songs. So number five is Body in a Trunk. Number four is Super Thug. Number three is The Change. Number two is 40 Island. And then number one is Banned from TV. So what's your top five? So my five is five is The Change. Four yeah. is The Way We Live. Three is... Uh, don't hate me. It's not the it's not the interlude, but the song "Head." Um, oh, okay, is my third favorite. Second is "40 Island." That song is super good. And number one is "Body in the Trunk." Body in the Trunk. Yeah, that's a dope song. That song is so good. That's dope number one. So yeah, I'm gonna incorporate a new feature to the podcast, and that's "Buy or Burn." I definitely buy this album. I think it's a dope album to have in the hip hop collection, especially if you're a fan of Capone and Noriega and you want to add that to your collection. And this album is a kind of, it's super rare to find, but you can find, I got it on FYE. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like $4.99 or $8.99. So you can find it for a reasonable price. If you can't find it on FYE, you can also buy it from Amazon, which is really good. They have a large array, but there's definitely like some scalpers that would charge you like $40 for a CD. So I'm looking on Amazon right now. It's actually for a decent price. You can buy You can find it for like $7. So yeah, I'll definitely buy this album. How about you? For me, I'm going to say stream it first. Um, because Nor for me, Noriega is definitely an acquired taste. Um, so if you're looking to buy a new CD, I would definitely, um, you know, stream it first, stream it on some provider, um, get a vibe for what he's, for what Noriega is and what this out, what the vibe of this album is first before you buy it. Okay. So that concludes our, um, album review of Nori. Noriega's Nori, self-titled album. And so next week, we're actually going to do A Long Hot Summer by Master Ace. So tuned in next week. We'll see y'all next time. Peace out. All right. Do we have time for the yeah. hot take? Or? Yeah, hot take. Yeah. All right. So on one of, uh, on the song, uh, The Change, he, Noriega kind of brings up the internet, right? Yeah. Like nowadays, the internet has totally changed, you know, rap today. Now people are kind of like easily able to like push out content, um, you know, whenever they want, how much they want. Um, 
and also how they're able to, uh, you know, uh, like advertise their stuff easier with like Instagram and you know Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so like, what what are your thoughts on you know this rise in like internet with like Spotify and like Instagram and uh, you know, I guess you could also include in SoundCloud and stuff like that into like rap. How do you feel about that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know. Um. Well, for me, I'm kind of, I'm a mixed bag on it, just because I'll look at, I'm going to give you the positive, positives and negatives. So the positives for me is that, first of all, you can make music easily. It's a lot cheaper. You don't have to go physically into a studio. And that costs a lot of money to do. You can just make a beat on Garage GarageBand, all that. And I think Spotify is an excellent service, even though it pisses me off because there's some songs where it doesn't give you know some albums where there's not like any songs available for available from the u.s so definitely spotify needs to fix that and just give you the whole album in general because there's some like the whole album might be available for people in europe and japan and not for people in america and i definitely think the quality of music's kind of focuses more on beat wise than lyricism wise so that's definitely a negative and that and the rise of the internet makes people put out more crappy music because it's easier to make and you're not really taking any losses for it and then it kind of dumbs down the population because they only focus on the beats rather than the lyricism and then once that song is like very popular at the moment it then it then seems like a decline in, in a quality not quality but popularity and people move on to the next hot track because if you look at like all these like billion or million view videos like everyone's gonna forget about that song from like a month now because they only make music for the moment not for the longevity of time so those are kind of my thoughts on it i definitely think like yeah I, i think it's very it's very like easy to make music in a good way and bad way because you don't really put your heart into it you can make music cheap for free all that but i the negative, I guess, I'm kind of a boomer, so I'm not a boomer. I'm like 19, but I kind of have that boomer mindset where, well, you can't really make music in person anymore because everyone just wants to send people beats and stuff, rapping over, so you kind of lose that connection to humanity. It kind of makes an antisocial generation. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. I, I definitely think people need to get back together and make music. That way you kind of create a bomb, bond and, like, have that kind of connection and chemistry when you guys make music together so those are my thoughts on that how about you so for me uh, i'm definitely uh i'm going to agree with what you said about how you know people you know they can push out more music that may be not as good um for me i, I guess the, if i were to focus on the positives i would be that you know it, it kind of makes it so that, like record companies can't just own uh, an artist yeah. anymore so now if you're an artist and you want to become independent um, I totally yeah, you forgot can do, about that yeah yeah and uh, like Chance the Rapper would not have it could not have really existed in like a time like 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 when like when the album that we listened to today was made because you know you needed the you know you needed a, a backing of a label to get you know advertisement to get you know, promote like advertisement and promotion. Whereas now, with you know the with access to the internet, you know you can push out 
product, but you can also like make music and you can also push it and then you can also kind of like advertise it through on social media, which I think that if I were to think of a positive, that's one good thing is that it kind of takes away power from like these greedy um, corporate. Yeah, corporate, yeah, cor corporations and labels that are just gonna like, you know, take all your money away. Whereas like if you if you work independently, then you can start growing your own money uh, without, you know, a label trying to steal it. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to piggyback off what you said. I totally forgot to mention that. I think you're gonna see a rise in independent music because I think Billy, I don't like Billie Eilish, but I think she's independent too, right? I don't. I don't know if she's independent or not. I've not really paid attention to her career too much. But, you know, just like independent, like more famous yeah. independent artists are able to kind of break through a little bit more. Yeah, they don't have to worry about the corporates like font corporation fondling their balls, like telling them, "Oh, you have to do this for for us and stuff." You can have completely a hundred percent ownership on under that. And you're not. You're no longer the slave. You don't have to listen to what they have to say. I and I feel like. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm probably going to predict, but probably 50 years down the line, you're not going to really see any record companies anymore. You'll probably see them collaborate just for distribution purposes. But other than that, all these like rappers, singers, whatever you want to call it, are they going to, they're going to have a hundred percent full control and you're going to see a rot. They're going to have more money than they ever had in a lifetime. But at the downside, it's really hard to get famous because you kind of have to know your audience. You got to know, we're not, we're not the, this generation is not the smartest generation in the world. So you're going to definitely have to cut corners of music. If you're going to focus on trying to be famous, if you're trying to make, pull, put your heart into the music, it's probably not going to do as well as someone that just makes music for the money. So you're definitely going to see the decline of kind of the lack of realness because people are just going to be lying about who they are, trying to put on a front that they're not. And that creates like studio gangsters, like um, six, nine and stuff. You're going to see people try to create beef just so they can get clout and stuff. And then the dangers of social media, it creates like a weak society and all that. That kind of transitions into the whole rise on the internet. But the internet's good because you have all the information at the fingertips. But, but you're going to really have to dig deep and find out the truth of a lot of stuff, you know. There's definitely a lot of biases out there. But yeah, that's why I just want to leave it at. So I guess like if I were to just like I guess it's like my final response on this just kind of like I almost say like like I would kind of agree with you that maybe sometimes it can take away from the realness but I almost think that it could also increase the realness in people just because yeah. with the internet you can there's more people on the internet and you're likely going to find a group of people that's going to relate to your music yeah that's true um and you don't have to worry about a label trying to tell you what to do, you know, how, what music to make and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, of course, labels, I guess some of them do have their pluses because, you know, sometimes you can, they can get you easier connections sometimes. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall, there's plus and minuses to labels versus internet versus, you know, there's plus and minuses to both. So, yeah. Like, you know, labels, they can get you better advertisement and connections. But, you know, if you go independent, you, you own your stuff. You have full ownership of what you make. Yeah. So. It just, so, it, yeah. It, all, it all boils down to, like, how hard you want to work and stuff. If you want to take yeah. the easier way out, you'd go to labels. 
but there's a downside to that. They have control. They have full control over you. But if you go to independent, you have control of your music, but it's going to be harder to get that promotion, especially if you're not really like a social person or you don't want to put yourself out there. So there's like plus minuses, like you said, to everything. So there, some might outweigh the, there might be some circumstances that the good outweighs the bad or the bad outweighs the, the good. It all depends on the person, what they're willing to put in for the work, the, like the work overall. All right. I guess you have anything to add to that? I think I'm good. I think I got my I got my thoughts out. All right. So yeah, like I said, this concludes our um, album review of uh, Nori 1998 album by Noriega, also aka Nori. You shorten his name. And so next week we're actually going to do a long hot summer by Mass Days. Like I said, and we'll see y'all next time. So peace out. Uh, come on. Oh, yeah.